look at 1 Peter chapter 2 today. 1 Peter, the second chapter. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a series. It might seem different that first part of the year uh, you would be in the middle of something, but uh, that's how my mind thinks too. I'd pretty soon start something new at the beginning of something new. But uh, when we got into this series uh, about a month ago, uh, I, it was just one of those things burning in me that I believed I shouldn't wait. I shouldn't delay. I should get into now. And I don't want to end it just because, hey, new year. <laughs> I, I want to complete it. All right, I want to finish what the Lord has given us to talk about and, and discuss in these regards. This series is entitled, Give It to God. And we, we take this from this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, which reads, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so we, we, can, we recognize and have discussed this already, that our position in uh, in our relationship with God in this new covenant, this dispensation of grace, we are called a holy priesthood. And of course that brings to mind the priests of the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, which um, you know some of us don't know much about if we don't have a Jewish heritage. We, we don't recognize that, or of course if we haven't studied the Old Testament. But one of the things that they were doing frequently is priests of the Old Covenant would bring offerings to the Lord. And that's exactly what he's referencing here. He said just like they did it then, and it was a select group, it was a select few that would were assigned to that task. Now in the new covenant, he said all believers are called a holy priesthood, and we also do the same things different ways, thank God, not animals and that kind of stuff, but we are offering spiritual sacrifices to God. Amen. And so what makes something spiritual over something natural or something physical? That Well, that has to do with faith. It has to do with the heart. It has to do with the expression of our gratitude and, and a number of other things that we give to the Lord. But notice here that the verse says we are doing this so that we can offer um, spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable, acceptable to who? To God. And that should always be our, our focus. Our attention should be on, I am desiring to do things that God accepts. I want to know what He thinks about it. I want to know what He expects of me, what He wants of me, what His Spirit is leading me to do. And if I will have a, a God consciousness, then I get out of the legalistic side of it, out of the requirement side, out of the burden, the bondage, the have-to side of all this. And I sense the heart of God. Okay, uh, th that's where we want to be. We want to know what the Lord is pleased with, what is acceptable to Him. Okay, now not everyone is going to agree. Not everyone's going to agree with what you do and what you say and what you think. That's not the highest concern in life. All right, we need to be more knowledgeable of what does the Lord th think about what I'm doing. What does He say about how I'm conducting myself and what I offer to Him? Now, now Proverbs chapter three. Would you look at that one as well? Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, sometimes these verses it's helpful for us to know where they are, to be able to go there again. Um, in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, the, the Bible reads this way, uh, Honor the Lord with your possessions 
and with the first fruits of all your increase. All right, what, what are we to do to the Lord? We are to honor Him that way. And, and that's some of what we were talking about in the last part of this series, how honor is shown through the giving of your material wealth. We actually show honor in that way. It's one of the primary ways that we honor the Lord is through giving of material things. And there's a time, of course, to give to the poor. That's biblical. That's right. Maybe we'll talk talk about it soon. Uh, There's a time uh, to give to needs, various noble causes. Uh, But there's also a time, also, different motive, different type of giving. There's a time to give just in regards to honor. Okay, why would you give that? It's, it's an honorable thing to do. I know Amy said something to me a while back. She said, I think, uh, I forget the whole discussion, but it was about giving money to a particular person. And my thought was, why would we do that? <laughs> now, I don't mean in a negative way. I just thought, well, why? I mean, I want to have a good reason for anything we do, not just do things without purpose. And she, and she immediately, this is well before we were going to teach the series and everything, and she said, well, just to honor them. And immediately I thought, Oh, yeah, that's a good reason. And we did. <laughs> I thought, well, yeah, in this situation, in this case, that would be the right thing to do. And that's the foundation of it. That's the basis of it. All right. And, and so um, this being the first Sunday, I want to talk about the other side of this verse. All right. You notice, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the, what's that word? The first fruits of all your increase. Okay, let's talk about first things today. Let, let's talk about stuff that is, that is first. Order and priority are, are a big deal to God. You, you need to understand his, his heart. It's not just about what we do, but it is about what we do first. That really does matter to him. Priority makes a difference in your relationship with God, whether he's first or whether he's somewhere down the line. Whether it's when we get time for him or whether we get time for anything else. First is a big word in scripture. And many are familiar with uh, this verse. It's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Ever heard that one? Jesus said here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And so Jesus taught this principle. He said, it's not that you just, uh, you know, give God some of your time. It's not that you just put him in your schedule. It's not that you just have him somewhere in the mix. He, he said, no, the kingdom of God needs to be first. If, that will, if you'll do that, he said, he'll add stuff to you. And the stuff he was talking about were the, the, the needs and necessities of life. He said, if you'll do that, he'll make it happen for you. He will. But he, he, must, be, he must be first. How many know it's one thing to quote that verse and it's another thing to live that verse? How many know Jesus didn't tell us to go into all the world and quote the Bible? (laughs) You know, I mean, didn't he tell us to, uh, in Matthew 28, to make disciples, not just quote the verse about making disciples? Yeah. So that is a different way of of looking at things. Uh, But I think the opposite sometimes is the case. People want to, and this is our, seems to be a, a human tendency is to seek the things and hope the kingdom is added to us. I'm going to seek this stuff because, hey, there's some things I need. I mean, this is, these are necessities. i got to have this. 
And then we're going to add God into the mix. But that's, no, that's not what he said. That's not what Jesus said. That's the reverse standard version. Uh, the opposite, opposite is the case. Seek him and he'll add the stuff. Not seek the stuff and then get him in the mix and hope he gets added to your, to your life. No, you, you seek the kingdom first. Many things have changed in our country in the spiritual culture over the last you know, couple decades for sure. And they continue, they're always changing. But uh, some things are better. Some things are really on the rise. There's an increase. And some things aren't quite as good, I think. Some things are, 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 are more negative. I mean, even those who study uh, the frequency of how often people go to church. Uh, it, it used to be, it used to be very common for anyone who was a Christian, anyone who's a believer, they would, at minimum, attend church once a week. And then many churches have additional things and they would go uh, more frequently than that. Uh, but these, you know, those who study these things tell us, you know, nowadays things are different. That many, many people call themselves Christians and, you know, we're lucky to see a lot of them once a month. And I look at that and I think, what do people do the other weeks? Where do they go? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really get that, honestly. Uh, and someone said, well, I know when you make mention of those kind of things, some will throw it out as, and say, that, that just sounds like legalism. That just, <laughs> that just sounds like bondage. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I find it interesting that whenever someone do, uh, something is said about what something doesn't want to do, what someone doesn't want to do, they want to throw it into the legalistic category. That's just controlling. Is it? I mean, is, it, is, is, that, is that what it is? Or uh, maybe it's just wisdom. Maybe it's just priority. Maybe it's God first. Huh? Maybe, there's some, maybe there's some elements there that, that are real and that we should consider. Because often what happens in this, in this cultural trend is people are not better off as a result of that. They're worse off. And I kind of look at results personally. I want to know how's it going for you. Is it better? Is it better in your marriage? Is it better in your life, in your work, in your joy level, in your, in your finances, in your health? Is it better? And if what, we, if what we do and what we make normal in our life does not contribute to a better life, how can we at any, by any stretch of the imagination say that it's a God thing? Hallelujah. All got quiet on me there. But how about putting God first this year? How, how about putting Him on literally on the throne of your? I, I mean, not not just in 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 you know, on a plaque on the wall, not just in a saying, in practice, where it could be observed by others. If they were to watch you day in and day out, and week in and week out through the year, they would say, "I know what matters to them. I know what's important to them. I know I know what they live for. I know what's first in their life." Okay, And if it can't be seen, if someone were to watch us that close and it couldn't be seen, he's not first. He's really not. Okay, everybody okay still? Let's look at this. This is a, this, this word, from, I'm talking about this, Proverbs 3, 9. And with the first fruits of all your increased. First fruits of what? All your increased. Now let's talk about first fruits for a few minutes. I've been asked about this many times through the year. What's a first fruit? Is that the tithe? Is that the, is that the same as tithing? And actually it's not. 
a first fruits offering and a tithe are not synonymous. Okay, they may have some correlation, some similarities uh, of priority, but it, it, it's not the first. The tithe, as, as many of you know, uh, is a tenth. It means a tenth part or ten percent. It's math. Okay, it's not subjective. Uh, the first fruits um, type of offering is the first of an undetermined amount going forward. The tithe could not ever be figured unless you knew the amount. But if something were a first fruits, it's the first before the second came, before the second comes, before there is a third, before there is a fourth, before there is a fiftieth or a one thousandth. I mean, you don't know because it's at the beginning before anything else happens. Everybody with me today? A tithe is a math equation. A first fruits is not a math equation. It's just whatever's first. And you'll see the language of this uh, frequently throughout the Bible and this word about first fruits. Um, uh, that basically it goes like this whenever someone gives a tithe to the Lord, they give that at the end, whereas a first fruit is at the beginning. Now, when I say at the end, at the end of receiving. I cannot tithe off something I don't have, technically. I have to have received the hundred before I would know that the tithe is ten. But if I am, if I am talking about something uh, uh, being a first fruit, then it, it is at the beginning. Some of the way this worked out in the Old Testament scriptures was, of course, it was agrarian culture. Many people were, had farms and, and animals and that kind of thing. And so it would be the firstborn of a, uh, of a, of a cow, of, a, um, of, 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 of one of their animals, a firstborn lamb. It would be the first harvest of grain. Um, it would be the first fruit of a vine. Well, how, how do you know how much that vine is going to produce? How do you know how many calves are going to be born? How do you know how much, uh, how, how, how much grain is going to come in? Well, you don't know, but you give the first part to the Lord, and that was called the first fruits offering. Everybody with me? It would also come into play uh, in, in conquering other territories and nations. You remember uh, the story you can read about in the book of Joshua when uh, the Lord sent Israel, remember, delivered them from Egypt, sent them to Canaan, or the promised land, uh, where Israel is now. And, uh, and they, when they went in, the first battle they had to deal with was uh, the, the city of Jericho. And you can read about, that, read about that story, and about the marching, and about the walls coming down, and the powerful uh, thing that took place there. But what was Jericho in, that, in their life? Do you know what it was? It was a first fruits. And what happened in that situation, when they went into Canaan, they were going to conquer the land. They were going to go wherever the Lord told them to do and possess it and take it. And when they had their battle with Jericho, do you know what the requirements were? Generally speaking, you would think, hey, this is time to enrich ourselves. I know it doesn't sound kind, but that's the way war was. Uh, they would take their goods. But the Lord said concerning Jericho, no. He said, you don't touch any of their stuff. He said, you don't get, you don't get their money. You don't get their possessions. You don't, you don't take any of it from, for yourselves. Why? Because it's the first one. You don't take the first one for yourself. You take the first one and give it to the Lord. 
And you remember there was that guy named Achan who, who took that and hid it in his tent and he ended up dying as a result of it. They ended up losing another battle as a result of it. Why? Because they didn't put the Lord first. Okay? God first means the rest is blessed. God first means the rest. He's going he's gonna, to uh, load you up with good things. But when you take the first, you're setting a priority system in your life. You're saying, me first. Maybe I'll get to God if there's enough. But can you also see this, this principle? Uh, whenever you give something that is first to God, it's very likely that you need it. Because, why do I say? Because there was nothing before it. I mean, you had need, and then you got the first one, and you have plans for that. I mean, you have a need for that first one. And what? Because it's first, a lot of times, you don't know if there's a second. All you know is there's, there's one. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know if there's going to be a third, fourth, fifth, fiftieth, one thousandth. I only have one, and I've been waiting on this one, and I need this one. In fact, I need this one to make a number two. And so you can see the temptation there. You, you, you can see the, 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 the pressure that gets put on a person to see whether they're going to trust God or trust in what they see. How many know many times we want to give in such a way that God does not have to exist? We want to give, we've done the math, and we figured out, I need, I need, I want, I want, and I have this left over. And if there's left over, then I can, I can give it to God, and none of His promises have to be true. None of His power of provision, none of His divine appointments, none of His setting up me to be blessed in this life have to even be real. Because I've calculated, and I can do this, I can give in my own strength. In my own ability, with my own foresight, God doesn't have to exist. That's kind of a scary thought, huh? Can you, can you see that, that when a person has faith in God and believes in His Word and His promises to them, they put themselves in that, you know, in that position where they can't go back? They put themselves in that position where if God does not come through... I'm stuck. I'm going down. I said, well, that's not very comfortable. I know it's the life of faith. But someone's got to prove the, prove the reality of God. Someone's got to have a manifestation of God showing up. Someone's got to write the testimony. Someone's got to be able to say, I did this. This was the right thing. And God came and provided for me. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know where it was going to come from. But he blessed me more abundantly than I ever could have blessed myself if I'd have kept that first one. And some people sacrifice 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, because they hold on to the one. They don't realize how much they're giving up. Amen. P Peter almost sacrificed his walking on water experiences. Experience. How would he have done that? By holding on to the boat. You've got to let go of the boat before you're going to walk on water. Glory, glory, glory. And so, when we talk about these principles of things being first, this first fruits... Uh, how many know you couldn't give a percentage at this point because you wouldn't know the number of calves, of harvest, of conquest? Uh, and so 
the way that you would do it is you just give the first one to the Lord. How does that play out sometimes in modern life? Well, sometimes you'll see individuals who start a new business, for example, and they'll put their first dollar on the wall. Ever seen that? They put, put it in a frame, and this was the first profit, first sale of this business. Okay? Now watch. I want you to consider this now. Your first profit doesn't go on the wall. Your first profit goes to the Lord for the believer now. Why? I'm not celebrating that. I'm celebrating His goodness, His provision, His presence in my life. I honor Him first. See, it's a different mentality. People who have the Lord in their life, no dollar on the wall. Everybody okay? See, that kind of bugs me. Well, uh, you know, say, what else could it be? Now, now, I want you to watch my language here. I'm using the language of could it. It might be. Uh, it could be the first, um, the first sale of a new business, like we said. It could be the first paycheck of a new job. It could be, the, uh, it, 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 I say it could be. So are you saying that, that this is what we have to do? I'm not saying you have to do anything. I think people always want, they have this tendency to want to put everything in the law category, everything in the have to category. I just don't see that as the heart of God, at least in our dispensation. I know Old Covenant, there were some things that were required, but I look at this as catching the spirit of it, catching how the Lord might lead me. I'm not going to tell you what's what what comes to you first and what you're supposed to do with it and what you're not supposed to do with it. It's your relationship with God. I mean, that's got to stand on its own. It's like your toothbrush. You know, have your own. You can't have mine. And, and, and your, your life of giving, that's your own. That's your own. Your relationship with God. You put Him first. So what do I need to give first? I don't know. But don't let this be just a ritualistic thing. But sometimes you might recognize something comes into your life and you say, wait a minute, this is first. This is an opportunity to honor Him. This is my chance to give my first and my best to the Lord. Yeah, and you actually see it as a joy. You see it as a privilege. You see it as, man, this is, this is worship to my God. And also you see it as this, man, He has number one. But he's going to let me use number 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Everybody with me now? Thank you, Lord. Now, there's no doubt that in the Old Testament, a lot of these t- offerings were types and shadows. They were pointing to, to Jesus as the, he was the first fruits of those raised from the dead. And we are now, you know... Those that have followed him in that. He was the first. And I, you know, if someone says, well, those were types and shadows. I agree with that. Okay. I agree they were. And I don't actually see this and other things as something that I would call a requirement. Well, I have to do this. Here, here's, my, here's my goal in this. I want to recognize that I am called a holy priesthood. One of my ways of worship is to offer acceptable gifts, offerings, sacrifices to the Lord. That's part of who I am as a believer. Okay? I'm to seek first the kingdom. Um, but what do I do specifically? 
What do I do uh, in regards to an offering like this? Bottom line is this. I need to be led. I need to be led of the Spirit. I need to have my own relationship with God to the point where I can hear Him, where I can know, where I can understand what He wants me to do. It comes down to this again, what we talked about before. It comes down to honor. I want to honor Him with, with what I have. When we, when we talked about that kind of offering, honoring the Lord. Some say, well, how do I know? How do I know what? I mean, what am I supposed to do? Do I have to do that? I don't see that. I don't, I don't put it in the realm of have to. I put it in the realm of principle. See, here's what we want. We want to understand the way God thinks about our stuff. I want his heart. I want to get his perspective. I want his mind to be my mind. I look at everything in my life, my possessions, my money, my income, my increase. I want to look at it like he looks at it. Okay? Once I know that and I have a proper perspective, out of that basis, I'm led of the Spirit. Everybody with me? Out of that knowledge, I'm led to do things at different times, at different places, for different individuals, for different ministries, for my local church. I'm led of the Spirit out of that knowledge. See, what happens is if we don't understand the principles, we don't understand how God sees things, likely we'll not recognize the leading. And we'll have this thought and we'll think, well, why would I do that? You know, like I gave that illustration earlier. Well, why would I do that? Well, for this reason. Oh, yeah, duh. I know that. God is that way. That's correct. That might be Him. Yeah, that might be His Spirit leading us to do that because I know He thinks that way. You know what I'm talking about. When you know Him, you know the Lord is never going to lead you to, into a really, really good drug deal. I mean, one where you'll be highly profitable. Huh? Make new relationships and connections. Well, why, 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 would that, why, why would that opportunity not be the Lord? Well, because you know Him, and you know He has nothing to do with that. All right? You know His character and nature, so you can easily discern, no, that's not the Holy Spirit there. But when you know, okay, He does do these kind of things. He leads people to do these types of things. Some say, well, I, I've never, I, you know, I wouldn't ever do that. Uh, you know, because I just feel like there's pressure to do that. Well, whatever, do whatever you want. There's no pressure here. You know that. No one's asking you for anything. We're not going to. Not going to make you feel bad if you don't. Probably not going to know it if you don't. Huh? But what we want to do is have this relationship with the Father. Where we know how He thinks. And we know for certain. I mean, we could talk weeks and weeks and weeks just about this. What do I mean this? The first stuff first in all areas of life and we know priority matters to him again i'll say it not just what we do but in the order in which we do it i think there's something to be said i'm not producing some kind of legalistic system here i think there's something to be said about what you do first in the morning you know i found myself years ago i I would get up well i mean you know say well i just go to the bathroom first thing in the morning how does that fit into this (laughs) Out with the old, in with the new. Uh, (laughs) 
But one of the first things I would do is I would, uh, you know, get something to eat, and then I'd I'd go check on the news for the day on the on the computer and see what's going, what happened in the world, and and uh, what's going on. And then at one point I thought, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'll still do that some, but I'm not gonna do that first. And I changed, and I I went to I'm gonna read the word, or sometimes a lot of times I'll listen to it on my phone because you Bible apps will read to you. And uh, I thought, I'm going to do that first. I may do this other stuff, but I'm just going to do that first. Is that a law? You everyone have to do that? No. It just seemed good to me. Why? I know the Lord thinks that way. I know his character and nature. And maybe that is an expression of how that can play out in my life. I know for certain this has to play out with our offerings. My offerings. You, it has to. Because that's the way he is. What's the particulars of it? You answer that question. What's a first fruit in your life? You answer that question. You be led of the Spirit. Amen. Proverbs eleven twenty four reads, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. How many know the end result of all this is not you and I having less, but it's God giving us into a position of having more? having more. But it does take faith to do it, doesn't it? It does faith to give up first when you don't know what the second is. It does take faith to put the Lord first in your life. Amen. Don't be quick to disagree with this, by the way. I've never heard that before. I don't know. Can can I encourage you? Slow down. Think about it. This might be the Lord talking to you. This might be God talking to you. So how do you just think it's you? Okay, that's your judgment call. It might be the Lord, though. Amen. Amen. It might just be the Lord talking to, to, to us today and helping us to get our year straight. First Sunday, here we are. I think we're, had it, we're on a good start. You know, honoring the Lord by putting His kingdom first. Uh, but how do you conduct your life? I mean, that time when you, you have just enough extra money you have just enough cash for that new ipad but if you get it it's going to hinder your giving what do you do well you just worked it out in your budget and you figured out i can get this new car i can make these these payments each month but if i do that man i'm not going to be able to to tithe for a while i'm not going to be able to give to the lord for a while what are you going to do see these are real life situations aren't they Man, we have an opportunity to upgrade, to sell a house, and to move into this little nicer house, a better part of town or something, a little bigger house, have this opportunity. Man, I know God wants us to be blessed, and sure he does, and and this is a good opportunity. But if you do that, if you do that, you're going to have to cut back on on your giving. What are you going to do? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. Are you going to trust God? He's going to take care of you? But are you going to make decisions? That cause you to put your kingdom before his. Are you going to make decisions that put you in a situation. Where you will no longer be able to do what your heart knows you ought ought to be doing. See the revelation of who's first in our life comes out. In many of these practical decisions. But the bottom line is this. It comes back to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. But I like verse 10. After you honor the Lord. After you put him first, after you give him the first fruits, it says in verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty 
and your vats will overflow with new wine. I mean, the Lord could have given us verse number 9 and said, just do it, bam, done, no discussion, end of subject, go on your way and, 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 and live this out. But he actually gave us verse 10. Oh, I'm so thankful for verse 10. I know verse 10 helps me to do verse 9. What does it say? Our barns will be filled with plenty and our vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I don't know about you, I, don't, I neither have a barn nor a vat. And so I've got, to, I've got to translate this, I've got to upgrade this into my life. <laughs> huh? But what do you have that God can fill? What, what, what kind of storehouse, what kind of something that you, do you have that you want God's blessing on, that you want him to fill in your life? That's what he said he would do if we would do nine. Verse nine causes ten to happen. Now that we know it ahead of time, it almost seems like it messes up with our, messes with our motive, doesn't it? Lord, I'm just, I don't want to act like I'm doing this just because of verse 10, but I'm going to start doing verse nine. But, but Lord, I'd do verse nine even if there wasn't a verse 10, but thank you for verse 10. Come on, you got him at his word. That's what happens when we operate this way. That's what his promise is. That's what we've got to take to our heart. Maybe you have goals this year. That's great. Maybe you have fitness goals, financial goals, family goals, business goals. Uh, uh, how about this? How about a commitment to put God first in your life? I mean, I mean, a, a re- not just a saying. I realize that. I just said it. Now it's gone. How, how about a real genuine heart reaffirmation or a brand new thing say lord i'm going to put you first in my life you're going to have all here i'm going to put you first in my life i'm tired of living for myself i don't know what's going to happen this year i think there's there's probably some good things that are going to happen probably some bad things that are going to happen we live in a tumultuous world i can't control everything i can control this though that god's going to be first in my life And in my home. Amen. Amen. And part of this is my spiritual sacrifices, my offerings given to him. That most certainly can never be excluded from God's heart. And from the way that we serve him. Amen. Listen guys, time is short. Time is short. Time is short even if the Lord isn't coming back soon. Because life is short. All right. But time is short. We are in the last days. We see things happening all around us that have been uh, predicted in Scripture. They're happening right before our very eyes. Uh, Let's take these opportunities. Let it be seen through your life who's important to you. And can I tell you one more thing? I know it doesn't totally fit with this message. But now's the time to get out there and tell people. Now's the time to get out there like never before and say, hey, I want you to know how much God loves you. I want you to know he has a plan for your life. I want you to know about Jesus dying for your sin. Tell your neighbor, tell your friend about a relationship with God that is available to them. Listen, somebody did it for you and somebody did it for me. And now's the time to not hold back, but now's the time to rally them in. Amen. To bring, bring people into the kingdom. Amen, amen. Let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so thankful. So glad for what you are saying, what you are doing, how you are revealing your heart, your desire, your plan for our lives. May each one, I pray, catch the wisdom and the revelation of your kingdom. May they understand your ways and your heart and your desire to move them from where they have been to the place that you want them to be. Lord, you're working in us all, even right now. Thank you. We value your 
word. We treasure your word, your voice. Lord, you speak to us. We hear and we answer. As sons of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. And thank you for working in us today. Oh, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We honor you and you honor us with, your, with the weight of your presence and glory. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to do this before we finish, before we move on. I want to, uh, in, in individuals, you having throat issues, having problems in your throat. I'm going to pray for you right now, and it's going to leave you right when we do. Problems in your throat, the pain uh, in your throat. If that's you, I'm talking to you. Put your hand on your throat, and let me minister to you. I know it's the case. Ready? Ready? In the name of Jesus, I command every throat condition to be healed now. I command every sickness, disease, germ, and every virus to leave your body on the authority of Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Your life, your healing, your healing flow goes right through their bodies now and everything's made right. In Jesus' precious name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Swallow. Poke. Hallelujah. Amen. How many lift your hand and say, yep, just left me. Pain just left me. Over there, over there, over there. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Oh, he wants us to experience his glory all the time. His goodness all the time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you for working in us today. We thank you for blessing us with your goodness.